0: Today on Better News Radio with Pastor Ricky Alcantad. He made us
1: alive together with him. Listen, we are all lame people that have gone from lameness to leaping by the power of Jesus Christ. Listen, that's our story. That's our testimony. And so we should see the needs around us, but we should be even more aware of the power of Jesus to meet those needs than we are of the needs. We see the needs, we acknowledge them, move toward them, but we know and have confidence that Jesus has the power to make a difference.
0: the Israelites as they wandered freely in the desert, or Peter as his gaze shifted from Jesus to the waves he was walking on. How quickly you forget what God has done for you. He has cleansed your soul and given you freedom from the power of sin. He has healed physical and emotional wounds for countless people throughout history, and he's still doing it. Yet, as Pastor Ricky points out in today's message, so often our focus is only on the problem instead of the one who will rescue us from it. Let's join Pastor Ricky now in the book of Acts chapter 3 as he continues his message, Jesus at Work in a Miracle.
1: This story is there to encourage the church, to encourage the believers then and to encourage our hearts that Jesus is with his church. This kind of miracle doesn't happen apart from the power and authority of Jesus himself. There's this this quote that I love from uh, Pastor John Piper in a sermon about the authority of of Jesus and the authority that goes with us when we go in Jesus' name. And John Piper, this is an extended quote, so buckle up. He puts in quotes, all authority, meaning all authority has been given to Jesus. In the name of Jesus is all authority. John Piper writes, he has authority over Satan and all demons, over all angels, good and evil, over the natural universe, Natural objects and laws and forces, stars, galaxies, planets, meteorites. Authority over all weather systems, winds, rains, lightning, thunder, hurricanes, tornadoes, monsoons, typhoons, cyclones. Authority over all their effects, tidal waves, floods, fires. Authority over all molecular and atomic reality. Atoms, electrons, protons, and neutrons, undiscovered subatomic particles quantum physics, genetic structures, DNA, chromosomes, authority over all plants and animals, great and small, whales and redwoods and giant squid and giant oaks and all fish and all beasts and all invisible animal and plants, bacteria, viruses, parasites, germs, authority over all the parts and functions of the human body, every beat of the heart, every breath of the diaphragm, every electrical jump across a million synapses in our brains, authority over all nations and governments, Congresses and legislatures and presidents and kings and premiers and courts, authority over all armies and weapons and bombs and terrorists, authority over all industry and business and finance and currency, authority over all entertainment and amusement and media, over all education and research and science and discovery, over all crime and violence, over all families and neighborhoods, and over the church, and over every soul, and every moment of every life that has been or ever will be lived." And he finishes this way, Jesus Christ has all authority and he is with you. Right? So we see this, amen. We see this, that Peter looks at this man's situation. As so we see, God gives him this gift of faith and he looks at it and he thinks that is nothing in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the healer, the mender, the king over all, the demon breaker, the sin destroyer, the resurrected and risen son of God, get up and walk, right? Like when you feel the power of that name, You're you're suddenly with Peter. Because when I look at it and I think, how does Peter possibly have like the fortitude to be like, I'm okay, we're stepping out in faith here. Like, we're gonna do this. He's not afraid. (laughs) He knows who holds this man's life. Every molecule of the universe, every king is under his reign and rule. Jesus is the king. And he commands in the name of the king, get up. Right, and through him, listen. It's not just Peter commanding; it is through Peter that Jesus commands. Right? Those those synapses in his brain, those muscles, those bones—they know who to obey. They are, and I love the word. They are immediately. His feet and ankles became strong. Right? You, have you ever seen somebody who, through years and years, hasn't been able to, to walk? Their their feet and their muscles atrophy. Right. Even if they're suddenly healed and the issue is taken away, they can't stand up. I mean, this is, this is months of therapy, years of therapy possibly. And in this moment, those things in a moment immediately are changed because it is done in the name of Jesus. Now, here, here's the point I want us to get here. The point is that when Peter looks and sees this need, he does not look through the lens of his own resources, but through the lens of Jesus' resources. I love that he says, I have no silver and gold. He, like He's looking at his bank account and he's seeing this man's need. And the man, look, the man is asking for money, right? He's asking, let me just live another day. Let me have bread for another day. And Peter's looking at his bank account and he's like, You know, listen, I stopped being a fisherman. I sold the small business like three years ago, okay? I don't even know how I'm surviving. I don't have any money for you, bro. But he like checks his resource pile, nothing. He checks Jesus' resource pile. He's like, I have this. (laughs) I have the power of Jesus Christ, the resurrected and risen son of God. Listen, in a similar way, often when when we actually look out and see the needs of our world, it can be overwhelming. I don't know about you, but I feel overwhelmed when I think, okay, man, homelessness as an issue, and there's so many causes, so many like, how do we even tackle that? Or, or you know, like, take one medical disease that's destroying people's lives. Like, how do we, how do we even have any, any chance at helping that at all? And yet, yet, what we're called to do is to go person by person in each situation where there is need, see the sufficiency of Christ to meet that need. There's this story that H.B. Charles, a preacher, tells about a father and his son. And the son, the father's trying to teach his son a lesson. And so the, the, they're driving, and there's a big kind of log over the road. And so the, he tells the son, get out, and I want you to, with all your strength, I want you to move that log out of the way. And so the, the, the boy gets out, and he pushes, and he pushes, and he pushes, and he can't do it. He comes back to the dad, and he says, dad, I can't do it. And the dad says, well, son, did you use all of your strength? And the son says, dad, I used all of my strength. I can't do it. And the father smiles and looks at the boy and says, no, son, you didn't use all your strength. You didn't ask me. Right? He's teaching his son that his strength isn't just the limits of his strength. His son's strength is his father's strength. In a similar way, when we look and we think, man, I don't have the ability or, or, you know, I I can't make even a dent in this situation. This person's marriage is so troubled and broken, I have nothing for that. Or this person's physical needs are so great, I have nothing for that. And yet, this story invites us to look and see what we do have, which is the power of the risen and resurrected king of all and that changes the way that you see the needs in front of you now it would be wrong here if we did not note that Jesus power and authority are nowhere more displayed and powerful than in Jesus work of saving sinners remember that all Jesus miracles were there to point to his power and authority and he demonstrates power over external things to demonstrate his power over our deepest needs so scripturally speaking, the reason there is lameness in the world, there is blindness in the world, there is demonic oppression in the world, is because of sin. When sin entered the world, all of this brokenness enters with sin. So we both suffer because of the sinful world in which we live, and we contribute to it with our own sin, right? We, we turn away from God, and we accumulate a great debt and weight of sin, and we are cut off from God's kingdom and God's presence. And that should be, listen, apart from Jesus, apart from God's intervening grace, sin and its consequences and its punishments should be all we ever experience. And yet when Jesus comes, we see the effects and weight and destruction of sin getting pushed back here and there and here and there as witnesses and testimonies to the greater and deeper work that Jesus is going to accomplish on the cross. Look, this man's physical lameness is an expression, it's an outgrowth of the way that sin has spiritually maimed all of us, that we are all spiritually lame. Listen, that's the symptom, but the, the real reason is our sin. And listen, in Luke 5, when, when those people lower, lower that mat in front of Jesus and Jesus sees the man, what does he say? He says, your sins are forgiven. And you think, no, 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 no. I think you mis, uh, misunderstood Jesus. He actually needed to be healed from his lameness. That was kind of the miracle we were looking for. Thank you for the sin thing, you know, but what about this? Jesus knows, he knows that the cause of this man's lameness is a sinful and broken world. And apart from the forgiveness of sins, we end up in a future where all we have is spiritual lameness and punishment for eternity. And so he looks at this man and thinks, listen, I'm gonna give you a greater gift. Your sins are forgiven because of your faith. And, and they say, no, 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 nobody can forgive sins but God alone. As we covered, Jesus is God, right? Jesus has all the authority. So when Jesus says, your sins are forgiven, his sins are forgiven. But then he says, listen, so that you know that I have the authority to forgive sins, take up your mat and walk. And, 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 and the man does. He takes up his mat and he runs and leaps and praises God. So listen, when we see this miracle we should see the miracle and see deeper underneath the miracle that, that this man's lameness is being addressed by this miraculous kind of healing. But in just a moment, as Peter preaches the gospel, the spiritual lameness, the deeper spiritual malady of all those gathered will be addressed through the proclamation of Jesus and the, the promise of the forgiveness of sins, which doesn't just treat the symptom, but treats the cause. Cause. See, Jesus is a great physician, and he treats not just the paper cut on the service, but the deepest, darkest need of the human heart. That's what Ephesians 2 tells us that because of our sin, we were dead in our trespasses and sins, and yet God, being rich in mercy, made us alive together with Christ. So, listen. All of us can say, well, listen, man, I wish we had a testimony like this that we could share with people. You know, that'd be cool. I mean, that'd be something for once. Like, hey, I used to be totally lame, unable to move, unable to do anything for myself, and somehow life came in and I could stand up and walk again. Ephesians 2 says that's happened to all of us. We were not just lame, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. And yet Jesus stopped for us and he made us alive together with him. Listen, we are all lame people that have gone from lameness to leaping by the power of Jesus Christ. Listen, that's our story. That's our testimony. And so we should see the needs around us, but we should be even more aware of the power of Jesus to meet those needs than we are of the needs, right? We see the needs, we acknowledge them, move toward them, but we know and have confidence that Jesus has the power to make a difference. Third section, last section, this work happened to point to Jesus. Verse eight, I love this language, and leaping up, (laughs) I just think, maybe you wanna take this a little slow, you know? I mean, you haven't walked in 40 years, So let's just pace yourself, buddy. And he sees like the life come back into his legs and he jumps up like a Russian Cossack dancer, right? He is like leaping up. He stood and began to walk. (laughs) I love this. And enters the temple with them walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now see, what's awesome about this story is this, this didn't happen like everybody's, oh, what's gonna happen? This is almost people are coming in and out of the temple. This man's there. They stop. This miracle happens in this, like you know, side side of the of the entrance, and all of a sudden, this guy—I mean, the first thing you would notice is this guy starts whooping and yelling and singing whatever psalms he can remember. And so Peter and John are—I guess they—it sounds like they just continued into prayer. So they they're just going into prayer, and this guy is like like a Russian Cossack dancer dancing all around them and yelling and whooping, and people are at first thinking, "What is with that guy?" And then when they see him, they go, is is that the guy from the front? Listen, this guy, he's been lame. He's about 40 years old. He's been lame his whole life. They've seen him day after day, week after week, year after year. They know that guy. And they see that guy walking and leaping and praising God. And they are amazed. Now, what is the point of this miracle? Why, in a sense, why did God choose to give this miraculous healing there? He did it to point people to Jesus. And what I love is that God does this miracle in a way that would like unmistakably testify to the power of Jesus because the miracle is done in the name of Jesus. But notice that word leaping that I was drawing attention to. That word leaping echoes a passage in the Hebrew scriptures from Isaiah 35. So Isaiah 35 is all about when God returns as king and makes all the world right, right? He sets right all of the brokenness of the world. Isaiah 35, 6 says this, then when God returns, then shall the lame man leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. That word leaping here is the exact same quote as the Hebrew, I mean, the the Greek Old Testament, the same word leaping. So they would have thought, man, that guy is jumping around like like a deer and think, that's like Isaiah 35. That's what it said would happen. That's what the scripture said would happen when God comes and he reigns as king and the kingdom of God begins to dawn in the world. This is the kind of thing that is supposed to happen. And how does it come? How is the kingdom of God coming and advancing into the world through the name and power of Jesus? See, this miracle is done. This is what you have to, this is, so, so important, because Christians get off in all kinds of crazy directions when it comes to the miraculous. Often, sometimes, we, we do the opposite of what God would have us do when he works in a miraculous way, in that we, I did, we, like, we focus on the miracle, like, wow, the miracle, oh my gosh, or the person that did the miracle, or prayed for the person that got healed, it's all about the miracle, the miracle, the miracle. No, 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 the point is not the miracle, the point is the Savior who performed the miracle. The point is the power of Jesus that performed the miracle. And sometimes we end up more in love with like miraculous stuff than we are with the one who does the miraculous, right? And so this is, this is so important. I know it's like, okay, really with the to belabor this. Yes, the work happened to point to Jesus. That's the point of all of this. See, one of the patterns you see in the book of Acts is that as the message of the gospel advances into a new group or area, It's often accompanied by something miraculous that testifies to its authority. And I've talked to missionaries who often describe miraculous things happening as the gospel's going forward in a new kind of area or region or city, or there's a gospel renewal that's coming to a long dead area like the Great Awakenings in the United States. And we can think, oh man, I wish wish we could see that. I wish there was more of that. But what we see in the pattern of Acts is that often... the the Spirit's most notable and miraculous work happens as the gospel is advancing to draw attention to the gospel, right? It's a a sign to say, look at Jesus, right? Sometimes we're like, well, we just want the signs. No, 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 the point of the sign is to look at Jesus, Now, should we pray for these things? Should we ask for more? Should we ask that God will bring another awakening to the United States to do miraculous things and draw our attention to Jesus? Yes, absolutely. But we have to remember, the point is Jesus. The emphasis, when God does something miraculous, is that it's meant to be a glimpse of Jesus' kingdom and to direct our attention to Jesus as king. Now, big qualification. What if we pray and nothing happens, right? What if we ask God, and nothing seems to happen? That's where the rest of Acts and the New Testament help us and help inform us here. Because sometimes it'd be easy to say, like, okay, well, we prayed for that. You know, that guy lost his job or whatever, and that person finds themselves in need. We prayed for them. They didn't get a job, so, oh, well. No, the, the pattern of Acts and the whole New Testament is that often God uses his people To meet the very needs that his people see. In other words, when we see like Jesus, we see that there are needs, we ask that God would meet them, and sometimes we are the answer to our own prayers. In other words, our resources are included in God's resources. Sometimes we see a need, sometimes what the Lord's calling us to do is to, yes, pray that God would meet that need, but to identify hey, do I have something that I can use to help that person? Rather than thinking, okay, Lord, just save their broken marriage. I'm not sure what's going on there. That seems hard. Okay, there you go. Lord sometimes saying, no, no, no. I want to use you. You go ask a question. You say, what's going on? Can we help? Can we pray for you? And you think, I don't know how to do this, but I'm willing to get together with you. We're willing to cry with you and pray with you. And we think, okay, maybe that (laughs) is part of the resources that God intends to use to meet that need. You see, the pattern of the early church is in Acts 4. They will sacrifice to meet the needs of the people around them. So they weren't just praying, Lord, please help the poor people among us. Please. No, they were saying, Lord, please help the poor people among us, and I have some extra stuff I'm going to give. And I don't have any extra, but I'm still going to give, right? That was the pattern of the early church. Listen, it is miraculous when God moves in a powerful, unusual way that draws attention Jesus as king and his coming kingdom. But it is also miraculous when God changes the hearts of his people so that they, in radical acts of self-giving love, live in a contrary way to the whole world around them, right? Sometimes one of the, the greatest miracles in a capitalist society is for people to, like, give up opportunities to make money or give up money that they've earned. Sometimes I feel like for Americans, that's even a bigger miracle. Like, we could pray, Lord, you know, help that person. But if somebody goes and gives more than they, they really have, right, sometimes that's a greater miracle. There's a, there's a guy I know in town who's a professor at UTEP, Dr. Gonzalez, who is a, an engineer and who used his engineering skill to launch a nonprofit. He He found a way to make low-cost artificial limbs and Rather than seeking to make money off of it, essentially started a nonprofit to help people in the developing world receive limbs that can't afford them. And often those limbs are provided through local churches where people give their time and ability to be trained and to uh, support these folks that have lost limbs. And because it's a lengthy process. It's not just, it's not just a day. There's, there's a whole group of things that go into it. And listen, I think that is miraculous as well I think it is miraculous to have somebody that's like I choose to not make money where I could for myself and instead to give I think it's miraculous that people in these churches are saying we want to help meet the needs of our community I think those things are miraculous and I think those things too testify to Jesus and his coming kingdom because in those moments we act like Jesus is king not the stuff around us
0: ministry didn't end when he ascended into heaven. His legacy continued to change lives through the hands and feet of his disciples, and it continues to transform your world today. Each new generation has the opportunity to continue sharing and living out the gospel message. We're so glad that you joined us today for Pastor Ricky's series, What Jesus Did Next, on Better News Radio. If you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor Ricky, you can do so by visiting betternewsradio.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so that you never miss a new message. While you're at betternewsradio.com, we invite you to click the book tab at the top of the page. Pastor Ricky has authored a book that's available for free that shares better news for your life. In it, Pastor Ricky tells his own story and answers questions about what living as a Christian truly means. Download the Better News book for free and share it with your friends and family. We're blessed to have you as a part of our listening audience but we want to encourage you to be a part of a local church as well, just like you see in the Book of Acts. If you haven't yet found a church to call home, we'd like to help. Under the Community tab at BetterNewsRadio.com, you'll find a link titled The Gospel Coalition. This map will let you search for sound gospel-based churches in your area. If you happen to be in the El Paso area, we'd love to have you join us at Cross of Grace Church. You'll find directions and service times at BetterNewsRadio.com. Thanks for tuning in today to Better News Radio.
1: So